Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Live from the palatial yet not overly ostentatious studios of CBS Sports Radio here in beautiful New York City, sitting on top of the 10th floor of 345 Hudson Street. Welcome on in to a very busy Monday edition of the Zach Gelb Show across all of our great local CBS Sports Radio affiliates, Sirius XM, Channel 158, the free Odyssey app, and of course, streaming on YouTube. 855-212-4CBS, number to jump on in. 855-212-4227. You could always get at me. On Instagram, where I'm straight flexing, or via the good old cesspool of Twitter, at Zach Gelb. That's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Jam-packed show today. Got Moist Mike and also Stuart Kovacs rocking and rolling all the way up until 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Greg McElroy will join us at the top of the hour. Jason Avant will stop by at 5.20 p.m. Eastern, 2.20 p.m. Pacific. And we got a whole lot to do today. Because I'm making this claim, and I think it's true, but even if it's not true, I'm going to tell you it's true. I'm pretty sure I'm the only national radio host or radio host period in the country that Saturday was at Michigan, Ohio State, storming the field, may I add you, and then on Sunday in Philadelphia for that classic game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Buffalo Bills. So I was at both games. We'll talk about both games today. Alabama fans, don't worry, we'll be all over that Crazy finish to the Iron Bowl, which I still can't believe with the big-time Jalen Milrow touchdown pass to keep Alabama season alive. Now, the SEC championship game this weekend, Alabama and Georgia. We had another coach get fired today as David Tepper continues to be the most incompetent owner in the NFL. So there's a whole lot cooking. We appreciate you listening to us today. And also, not only that, we want to wish you a happy belated Thanksgiving. It's crazy. Our last show was on Wednesday. And then a lot of crap has happened from Thursday all the way up until this Monday. But I got to start with the game that I was at last night in South Philadelphia as there's really two takeaways. One of the takeaways on the Buffalo side, the Bills are screwed. The other takeaway is on the Eagles side where I think people are getting tired of of, of hearing me say this, but I say it each and every week. The Eagles haven't played their best brand of football yet, and they are still... 10-1, and and they only have one loss on the season. And maybe the more and more I say that, the more and more the Eagles aren't going to play their best brand of football, and it will still be good enough, and the Eagles will continue to have performances like they had up against Kansas City, like they had up against the Buffalo Bills, and the question just becomes, will they eventually get burned by it? Because what we realized from this past weekend, there's not a lot of good teams, there's not a lot of great teams in the NFL. And in the AFC, it's a giant question mark. It is a giant enigma on who is going to find a way to get to the Super Bowl. But in the NFC, 
I think it's pretty clear it's coming down to the game that we're going to see this weekend between the Eagles and the 49ers, and not that it decides who goes to the Super Bowl this weekend, but you'll probably have an NFC Championship game rematch, and you'll see one of those two teams get to the Super Bowl. But let's start with Buffalo. You know, last year in the NFC, when you went into the season, you thought the Buccaneers, the Packers, and the Rams, those would be the three teams that would be your Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. And when you look back at that statement, well, the Rams missed the playoffs, the Buccaneers barely made the playoffs, and the Packers missed the playoffs. The reason why I say that and lay that out is because going into the season in the AFC, if I said to you, who are the three teams that you could see, you could uh, envision getting to a Super Bowl, you would say Kansas City, the Cincinnati Bengals, and then also the Buffalo Bills. And the Bengals now have lost Joe Burrow for the season. They're not making the playoffs. The Chiefs have not played great, but it still may be better than everybody else's in the AFC. And then you look at the Buffalo Bills, the Bills have been an enormous disappointment. The Bills are actually the biggest disappointment in football this season. And I say that knowing that heading into the season, this wasn't two years ago where everyone was picking them to go to the Super Bowl. The expectations were thrown down a little bit. They were taking a notch down on the Buffalo Bills. But with that being said, no one was predicting the Buffalo Bills to miss the playoffs. And right now, with five weeks left in their season, the Buffalo Bills are not going to make the playoffs. I would be shocked. And I like this Buffalo team. I like Josh Allen. You know, Deion Dawkins, one of my good friends. This defense has just been killed with injuries. Stephon Diggs is a heck of a player. But this team has been an up-and-down ride all throughout the year. And they have never found a way to get behind the turbulence and get past the turbulence and have some smooth sailing. Because sometimes when you're on a flight, it's a little bit bumpy in the beginning, a little bit bumpy in the middle, but then eventually it smooths out and you find the right level traveling through air and then you make the landing and it's a fine flight. The Buffalo Bills have been such a disaster this year. They're 6-6, six and six, and I know you could say, but Zach, 6-6, six and six, they only need four more wins. If they get four more wins... Even though it's not a lock, 10 wins gets you in the playoffs this year in the AFC, you should feel decent about them. But at 6-6 and right now, and they're now going into a bye week, the next time we'll see them on the field is week 14. With five games remaining for Buffalo, why should I trust them to go make the playoffs? I don't. They play Kansas City coming out of the bye in Arrowhead. Then they go up against the Dallas Cowboys. Then they go to Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium up against the Chargers. And they play the Pats. And then they're in Miami against the Dolphins. So you have two games that you could say, yeah, easy games. The Chargers and the Patriots. They should beat the Chargers and the Patriots. But that only gets you to eight. So then you're going to have to take two out of three up against Kansas City, Dallas, and Miami. So the Buffalo Bills are going to need to go 4-1 and one in their next five. With how I've watched them this year, I would be shocked. My jaw would hit the floor, even with some of the talent on this team. Even with the way Josh Allen at times last night was surgical. And he put a Superman cape on. He had four touchdowns. Three of those touchdowns came on, on third down. Like, he was phenomenal at times in the game. 
He got over the interception. But at the end of the game, where now he's 0-5 since the overtime rules have changed because of him and the Buffalo Bills, in overtime, he's 0-5. And even with Josh Allen being great at times in the games, you know, in the game last night, with the game on the line, they could have walked off. They could have got their seventh win on the season. They could have been 7-5. and And then today's show is totally different. Maybe the Bills are starting to turn around. Maybe Buffalo is starting to hit their groove at the right time of the season, even though it wasn't great against the Jets. They beat the Jets 32-6, to and then they would have got that win up against the Eagles. This is a different tune that we're singing today on the Buffalo Bills. But their margin of error was already on life support. Now it's shot. Now it's finished. You got to go 4-1 and one in these next five games, and I just don't see how that's going to happen. And with that game on the line last night in Buffalo, where you could have had a walk-off touchdown, Gabe Davis was wide open. And either Gabe Davis turned the wrong way or Josh Allen threw the ball the wrong way. Because that should have been a touchdown. And when you give a little sliver of hope to the Eagles, when you give them an opportunity to go put the nail in the coffin, you knew that Jalen Hurts, who is just playing great football and dealing still with an injury and limping around, you knew Jalen Hurts, bare minimum, was going to march down the field and get a field goal. Not only did he march down the field, he got a touchdown, and he said bye-bye to the Buffalo Bills. And the Eagles continue to fly high at 10-1. and I don't know. Maybe I'm watching something different. Maybe people last night, they go, oh, moral victory. Buffalo's turning around. It's too little too late. They're going to have to beat Chargers, Patriots, without a doubt, and then take two out of three against Kansas City, Dallas, and Miami. And let me remind you, Miami's looking for payback, and Miami's played well against Buffalo last two years, but Miami got blown out early in the season back in week four, 48 to 20. So the odds of Miami losing two games to Buffalo in the regular season, it probably not going to happen. Kansas City, they got a really damn good defense. Their offense, it's been a big question mark. The Dallas Cowboys, I, I know I'm probably the biggest critic of the Dallas Cowboys. They're a good team, not a great team, but they're better right now than, than uh, the Buffalo Bills. So there's no reason to trust this, Dallas, uh, this uh, Buffalo team. And quite frankly, you watch the game last night, it was the Josh Allen show. And Josh Allen, when you are riding the Josh Allen show, will make some phenomenal plays, some ridiculous plays, some plays that say that's why he's one of, if not the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. But they just don't find a way to win the games. Like you go through the last few years, every time there's a close big game with something on the line, and Buffalo's in that game, it feels like they lose it. You know, outside of Kansas City in the regular season, where last year Von Miller came off the edge, and then Teron Johnson stepped in front of the football and uh, uh, stepped in front of the player and picked off the pass, where Patrick Mahomes got rushed into making a bad decision. But that's in the regular season. Buffalo didn't even get back to an AFC championship game. They lost in the second round, where they were lucky to even get to the second round. Because Miami almost beat them with Skylar Thompson, a third-string quarterback, for crying out loud. And then the following week after that, Cincinnati just steamrolled them in their own house. And it was a lethargic, putrid, uh, putrid and just 
anemic performance by the Buffalo Bills. But last night, that's as gut-wrenching as they come. You know, I know that the Bills have had some brutal losses. I'm not saying that was to the magnitude of the 13-second being up, basically going right to the AFC Championship against Kansas City, and then just, just having your soul snatched from you. But last night, you look at the numbers, you look at the stats, and that's why Belichick says stats are for losers. Everything indicates that the Buffalo Bills should have won the game. And I didn't have a good feel on this on Friday. You know, when I was here on Wednesday, did not make a pick on the game. But yesterday when I was in the parking lot in Philadelphia and it was raining before the game, I thought to myself that Buffalo was going to win. I said it to a few of my friends that are Eagles fans. I said, Buffalo's going to win this game. Lane Johnson's out. Uh, Eagles are due to lose a game after the craziness of, I know they had a bye week, um, and then they they go beat Kansas City, but off the craziness of that Kansas City game, I just thought Philadelphia was going to lose. And when it looked like the Eagles were going to lose, Jalen Hurts said, not so fast. And that's the other side of this. In a year where this feels open, in a year where there's not many elite teams when we come off the first uh, week after Thanksgiving, I, I can't see that many teams getting in the Super Bowl. In the AFC, at one point over the weekend, Jacksonville was the number one overall seed. And I'll stand by this. I think the only two teams that I can envision right now going to the Super Bowl out of the AFC are Kansas City and the Baltimore Ravens right now. And in the NFC, early in the week or last week, I said Eagles, 49ers, and Lions. And I'm not going to crush the Lions. It's a bad performance. You split up against the Packers. It's a divisional game. That happens. But in a big moment like that, everyone watching, Thanksgiving Day, first game of the three-game slate, you got to win that game. And Green Bay was just that much better than them in that contest on Thursday as I was getting ready to eat my lasagna and Samter was ready to eat his overrated turkey. So, I, you know, it's tough. Like, am I going to really sit here now and say that I, I can still see the Lions going Super Bowl? I guess anything could happen, but I, I'm not going to right now. So that then narrows it down to four teams that I could see actually getting the Super Bowl this year. Ravens, Chiefs, Eagles, and 49ers. And Philadelphia, they're so dangerous because last year they were blowing everybody out. And now they have that experience. We know they have a few guys still on the roster that won a Super Bowl back in Super Bowl 52. But now they've been in so many close games where they have not played clean games. And I talked to Son Reddick last night after the game. He's like, this is the NFL. It's not always pretty. It's not always going to be like last year. But all that matters is this group's going to fight. And at the end of the game, we're going to find a way to walk out with the victory. And even talking to Nick Sirianni last night after the game, when uh, you know I got a chance to catch up with him, he reiterated that to me. He goes, there's a lot of guys that played at Alabama on this team. There's a lot of guys that played at Georgia on this team. There's some guys that played on the Super Bowl team. And then this team got to the Super Bowl last year. There's a lot of experience there. And in a year where maybe you don't have to be great to win, and we see that from time to time, you maybe just have to be good, and you may just have to be able to pull out sloppy victories. No team does that better this year in the NFL than the Philadelphia Eagles. They're 10-1. Just look at the last two weeks. Down big up against Kansas City, up against Mahomes, did not matter. The other day, a sloppy, rainy game without your right tackle, one of the better players in football, one of the more important players in football in Lane Johnson, did not matter. And you got into a shootout with the Buffalo Bills, and Jalen Hurts just found a way to make the plays with the game on the line. And Jake Kelly with that big kick to get the game to overtime. 
So those are the, the path right now of both those teams. Eagles, it looks like they should be marching right back to the Super Bowl. Now, they may give you a few heart attacks along the way, some sports heart attacks when you're watching them, but I feel pretty damn good and pretty confident about saying when we go out to Las Vegas for the Super Bowl that Philadelphia is going to be there. And then on the other side, when you look at Buffalo, I just don't see the way and I don't see the road for them to get there because they're going to have to win four to five. This team is not winning four out of five. They have been to up and down this year for me to trust them to win four out of five games against Kansas City, Dallas, Los Angeles, the Pats, and then Miami. And Josh Allen, as great as he played in the game last night, as awesome and as surgical as he was on third down, it's going to be remembered either Gabe Davis turned the wrong way or you threw the ball the wrong way with the miscommunication. And that's a shame of it. You got to hit that touchdown. When Gabe Davis is that open, I don't care. Receiver's fault, quarterback's fault. You got to be on the same page. They've been playing together for way too long for that to happen in a big moment like that. And it once again just reiterates why Sean McDermott, if the Bills know what they're doing, and I'm a big fan of Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott's a good guy, good coach. And I was advocating for him for years before he even got a head coaching job. But he has reached his apex in Buffalo. I said this back in September when they lost that first game of the year to the Jets. They got to go get Jim Harbaugh. We'll see if that's going to be in play because who the, who the heck knows what Jim Harbaugh is going to do. Is he going to go back to the NFL? Is he going to stay at Michigan? And that pending battle with the NCAA. Buffalo, not going to be a postseason year. Eagles could be your second Lombardi trophy coming back to South Philadelphia. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Where's your confidence level at with Buffalo and Philadelphia after watching them last night? We'll take a break. When we come on back, we'll discuss the future of Ryan Day as it wasn't his day as Ohio State once again lost to the Michigan Wolverines for the third year in a row. We're talking about the Buckeyes coach next. This is Zach Gelb show, off and running, very busy Monday edition. Greg McElroy going to join us at the top of the hour, and Jason Avant will stop by in hour number three. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. That is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. You could stream the NFL on Westwood One for free. Sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. I will talk about Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes in just a second. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Let me take one call, though, here first with Dave in Pennsylvania, who's on CBS Sports Radio with Zach Gelb. Dave, what's happening? Hey, how's it going? Doing great, Dave. What do you got? Hey, uh, the whole, I heard you say that it was uh, Hurts won the game last night. I don't agree. Uh, those refs did not help at all. Uh, the one scene, the ref was standing eight feet behind the receiver. He was obviously pass interference. I didn't call it. Uh, they could have called that a horse collar on Josh Allen. Now, I'm not saying Buffalo did a great job. I think they should fire the wide receivers coach because obviously the wide receivers don't know what they're doing. Um, there, there's just a lot of crap with Buffalo, but yeah, just I, I agree. Are you a Bills it, fan, it Dave? Was, just wondering. I, I, I'm a big Bills fan. So you're blaming last night's fan. game. You, you think the main reason the Bills lost last night is because of the officials? No, I'm saying that's one of the reasons. A lot of it also comes with uh, the coaching squad. Why don't they ever give James Cook like dump it down to James Cook? Yeah. They, it's, Where it's, was Dalton it's, Kincaid it's, in the second half? I had Dalton Kincaid anytime touchdown, and, and Dalton it. Kincaid's been didn't really cruising. But where was Dalton Kincaid in the second half? You know, I don't know if he suffered an injury or, or whatnot. But man, they got to get him the ball more. I don't look at last night, and don't get me wrong, the officiating across the NFL is atrocious. It really is. It feels like it's as bad as I could ever remember. And I still don't get what happened at the end. I was sitting in the press box next to James Palmer, the NFL Network, and Ralph Facciano, both to cover football for years. And we were all confused on what did transpire with the intentional grounding. And I read after the game that Josh Allen, according to Josh Sweat, was begging the officials to throw the intentional grounding. So I walked over to Hassan Reddick's locker, and he was like, it's BS, it's bull bleep, because... He didn't get credit for a sack. Now, I do think it was a horse-collar tackle. Let me be clear. And I don't think intentional grounding should have been thrown. But even with all that being said, bad calls happen. It's a part of the sport. It stinks. It's sucky. There's no doubt about it. But it is a part of the sport. Now, a lot of them are egregious. Some of them get overblown. But with that being said, no one's bitching and complaining about the officials today. No Bills fan is calling into CBS Sports Radio and saying, hey, you know, the officials were horrible. One of the reasons we lost the game if Gabe Davis and Josh Allen just get on the same page. They got to be on the same page. And usually that stuff evens out. And it did feel like the officiating was one-sided last night. Totally get it. I will fully admit that. But Josh Allen hits Gabe Davis in the end zone, or if Davis turns the wrong way, Anyone talking about the officials today? No. But that's what losers do. 
You talk about the officials when your team doesn't win. Even with all the bad officiating, you got to find a way to hit a wide open wide receiver. Bills do that, they win the game. They didn't, they give the Eagles life. Eagles march the ball right down the field, bypass the field goal, and put the ball right in the end zone. All righty, let's get to Ohio State. First off, O-H-N-O. That was one of the great moments on Saturday. So where I was seated, I was 13 rows off the field. I was in the end zone. And we were adjacent. It must have been a travel section for Ohio State. I'm going to like to assume it wasn't a friend and family section. But maybe it was. Maybe it was. And I I thought they were just real passionate Ohio State fans that made the trip up. And about like 100 of them seated uh, right next to me. So I'm watching that game unfold. And when I was in the stadium, regardless of what the score said, it just felt like Michigan was the better team. And it was a raucous atmosphere. And I never thought Michigan was going to lose the game until that final drive where McCord hits a man, the man fumbles the ball, it's jarred loose, Ohio State recovers it. When that happens, I'm like, oh my God, they're 30, 40 yards out of a touchdown in a game that they should not be winning, in a game where they were never in control, they never had a lead for a second. They're going to go find a way to put the ball in the end zone and win the game, and Michigan's going to be finished. I, that was the only time I thought they were going to lose. And then the interception happens at the end of the game. And then I politely turned to all those 100 fans that were sitting next to me in Ohio State garb, and I was on top of the bleachers just screaming, oh and And we were having some good banter back and forth. It was very respectful. I will say, and Harbaugh made a point about how it gets played up for the TV cameras a little bit. With everything that was happening with the cheating scandal, I thought this was going to be, and I don't believe in like stupid fan behavior, getting into fights at games, just have some good nature trash talking. And then sometimes people take it too far. I thought this was going to be like a bloodbath on the field and a bloodbath in the stands. But for the most part, from what I've seen, I'm sure there could be a video that contradicts that, things like that. But from my vantage point where I was, I thought for the most part it was healthy, it was fun, and it was everything that college football should be about. But at the end of that game, Ohio State loses. Michigan was the better team. I told you all throughout the year, and this is not me trashing Kyle McCord, but against Notre Dame, he got lucky. Should have thrown a pick with the game on the line. Notre Dame player dropped it. I was never impressed with him up against Penn State because Penn State, even though they have a great defense, their offense did nothing in that game. And I said it. It's why the biggest reason why I thought Michigan was going to beat Ohio State this year. McCarthy was going to be able to make the plays, even though he's not their bread and butter, and McCord wasn't. And McCarthy only had four incompletions. They only threw the ball 20 times in the game. Michigan didn't even play all that great, to be honest with you. And they were still better than Ohio State. And McCarthy made a great throw to Roman Wilson. No controversial review. I thought once they called it a touchdown on the field, they weren't going to overturn it. And that all goes back to the ball breaking the, the plane and, and all that stuff, which I think is, it's stupid, where if that happened at the one-yard line it wasn't the end zone, then it probably would have been a fumble. But with all that stuff being said, I look back at that Ohio State performance. This is on Kyle McCord, and it's also on Ryan Day. And Ryan Day today, and honestly the last few days, you got to feel as down as you could be. Because think about what was on the line. We now look at this. Ryan Day hasn't been able to beat Michigan the last three years. They lose three straight years when Urban Meyer had his team, you know, buzzing. They would just embarrass Michigan. Michigan would never win. 
And now they have allowed Michigan to not only get back in the rivalry, but take back the dominance of the rivalry of the last three years. But this one, even three years ago, it was a blowout. Last year was a close game until the fourth quarter. The Michigan blew them out in the fourth. This one was the most important because Ohio State, they win the game. Everyone afterwards is saying, oh, Michigan the last two years, it was sign stealing. Oh, Michigan was cheating. But you could throw all that stuff out the window. And I've been someone from the start that said Michigan deserves a punitive action. But I don't think you have to drop the hammer because I didn't think that this was this big of a deal. Did they obtain the, the signs legally? Illegally? Absolutely. They broke the rules that need to be punished. But I thought having a coach serve a three-game suspension in season was an absolute farce. And I'm sure there will be more that's going to happen with the two uh, investigations now going over to the NCAA in the aftermath of that. But on the Ryan Day side, I told you all throughout the week, I don't care what his record is, only has six losses. Ohio State fans lose that game. Some will say, hey, are we going to really be able to do that much better? But then most are going to say, he's not, he's not the guy for the job. Because three years in a row, you lose to Michigan. You can't afford to lose to Michigan three years in a row. Now, I don't think he's leaving. I don't think they're going to fire him. I thought maybe he would consider AM. But AM had their own sloppy process where AM fans, what a bunch of losers they are, by the way. That 12th man, how delusional are those jackasses? Seriously. Yeah, you, you had a problem with Mark Stoops? Mark Stoops, who's won uh, two 10 uh, win seasons at Kentucky. Mark Stoops is one of the more underrated coaches in the country. Mark Stoops, who forced John Calipari, this is how much power he had. He forced John Calipari at Kentucky, a basketball school, to apologize for calling it a basketball school. And A&M fans were up in arms about Mark Stoops. And I like Elko. I wanted Elko to coach Temple. I'm a big Elko fan. And Elko, all the luck in the world, but you're getting set up to fail. You really are at A&M. You are getting set up to fail because those fans are absolutely delusional. They may be the dumbest fans in college football. I understand you may not like a hire, but to be freaking out over Mark Stoops and then he doesn't get the job because the AD panicked, well, let me tell you about the AD. You listen to the fans, you'll become a fan soon. With three years or less, guarantee the AD will be out of a job. But getting back to the Ohio State part of this, Ryan Day. I don't think he's leaving. That seat, it's weird to say a coach that only has six losses or now seven. It is warm, though. Because if you lose next year and it's four in a row, I don't know where you're going to turn because Luke Fickle just took the Wisconsin job. Vrabel's not leaving the pros for college. And I'll just throw this out there. With Gene Smith retiring in July, new AD coming in, maybe, you know, I don't know who it's going to be. Maybe they make some changes. Who knows? Would you call Urban Meyer? I'll just throw that out there. Would you at least dangle the carrot in front of Urban Meyer who the last time we saw him as a coach on a football field, it was in the NFL and it was a disaster. Say what you want about Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer does a lot of wrong. But when Urban Meyer's on a college football field, he wins. And he has won everywhere he has been, including Ohio State. And we know what he did at Florida. We know what he did at Utah. But would you, maybe in a year or two from now, this continues with Ryan Day, where it continues to not be his day up against Michigan, do you try to lure back Urban Meyer and what that would do for this Michigan-Ohio State rivalry? If Harbaugh stays, that would be crazy if we could get back Harbaugh 
against Urban Meyer. I don't think it's likely, but you know Urban Meyer is addicted to coaching college football. Regardless of what he says, I know Ryan Day is his guy, but if Day isn't the guy, which it appears Ryan Day can only take Ohio State so far, maybe you try to bring back the guy that dominated this rivalry and brought a national championship to Ohio State. And even though there was a lot of things that were done wrong by Urban Meyer at the end with handling or the mishandling of Zach Smith, we all know what happens in sports. You win games, people forget about what happens, and you have 100,000 people in a stadium chanting your name. I'll just throw that out there. Is Ohio State considering at least making the phone call to Urban and saying, maybe you should return to the sidelines? Zach Gelp here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We'll take a break. We're coming back. We got a few questions. I got a few answers. We call this segment Onside Offsides, and we do it every Monday and Friday right here on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Standing by first with the latest CBS Sports Radio update, here he is, the Ackman, Rich Ackerman. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio or at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B, using the hashtag AskThePros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. O-O-O-O-Reilly! Auto parts. Time to get to a little onside offside. Stuart Kovacs, hit it! Zach's taking on the most polarizing issues in sports. Which side of the line of scrimmage will he end up on? Offside, defense number 69. It's onsides, offsides with Zach Gelb on CBS Sports Radio. Alrighty, Samter, what do we got cooking up today? Well, after starting the season 1-5, the Broncos have reeled off five straight wins, including big Ws against powerhouses like the Chiefs, the Bills, and yesterday, the Browns. Now, after yesterday's game, Russell Wilson said he's not surprised by their success. First of all, we're resilient. You know, I think the best part about us is we've been resilient. It's about us being together. I've never doubted, you know, I've never doubted in our football team where we could go. I think the biggest thing is, is a relentless belief in each other. And, I, and relentless belief in our coaches and who we are and what you know where we're going. So, onside, offside, Denver will be a threat for a couple of years with Russ and Peyton at the helm. I, I'm not ready to go there. Uh, a threat? Will they ever find a way to beat Kansas City? 
in terms of in the division. I know they beat them in the regular season. I'm talking about winning an AFC West championship. Probably not. Can I see the two of them together winning a Super Bowl? I'm still not there. And don't get me wrong. Russ has been vastly improved from a year ago. Russell Wilson's playing some really good football now. But I don't know if Russ is going to be elite again. I don't know if this is going to continue. I think what has been shown here the last few weeks is Russ is deserving of being the guy next year. And then after next season, I'll be ready to say what the declarations will be on how far this group could take it. But right now, even though it's been remarkable that they're on this win streak, they won five in a row, they're six and five, they have a chance to go make the playoffs. Let's just see what happens down the stretch first before people start saying, oh, this is going to be a great lethal duo together for many years. But their schedule is not tough down the stretch. Texans this week, good game between C.J. Stroud and the Broncos. They play the Chargers. The Chargers are eh right now. The Lions, good team. Patriots stink. The Chargers again, they stink. The Raiders, they could play a half, but they're not going to play a full brand of 60-minute football. So they got a shot. They got a legitimate shot. And I guess I'm not going to say I'd be stunned that they make the playoffs, but them being a threat for a couple years, yeah, let's uh, settle down a little bit. I'll go offside. Offside. Now over in the NFC, the Packers have won two straight thanks to Thursday's shocking Thanksgiving win over the Lions. Isn't that back-to-back games? I don't know, one, two straight? Uh, that kind of makes it seem like you're saying it's a it's a win streak. They, they won back-to-back games. So, I mean, does two not count as a win streak? A uh, short win streak, but I, it is a streak nonetheless. I, I feel like three straight is a win streak. Okay. Winning back-to-back games. So the Broncos that's not a win, win streak and the Packers two-game. <laughs> back-to-back effort. Effort. There you go. <laughs> Back to back wins. Now, Jordan Love has five TDs and no pick in those two games. Not a win streak, just those back to back wins. Yeah. As Green Bay moved just a game out of the final playoff spot at five and six. Onside, offside, Love is proving he's the long term answer at QB in Green Bay. He's proving right now that he'll be the guy next year. He's proving he has the ability to be the guy. But I'm not ready to say that he's the long-term answer. Like, he could be, but you got to see more consistency. And you got to know at the end of the year, have there been enough tangible moments to say, all righty, he could be the guy. I think you're going to want to see him again next year. I don't believe they're going to move off of him, which was a chance a few weeks ago, even when we had Kevin Harlan on. So... It's like you go both ways on this, but when you say Love is proving he's the long-term answer at QB, I'm not ready to go there. He's proving he's going to be the guy for next year, and he'll be getting that opportunity once again. So I'll go offside. Offside. Now, during yesterday's loss in Philly, the Bills defenders were seen having a verbal altercation with an Eagles fan before Shaq Lawson appeared to shove the fan who was in the stands, right? It wasn't like the guy was on the field or anything. Yeah. This guy was in the stands. They walked over from the bench and started yelling at the guy. I'm sure he was first saying. First row. Rid- yeah, first row. Ridiculous things I'm sure he was saying. Who knows? I, like, I, I don't know what, what was being said. We all assume that it's right. probably ridiculous to elicit that response. Yep. But in the motions of the game, I, I don't know what was said. Sometimes players, they lose, lose their cool and do something stupid. Other times it's deserved. Then maybe you should have punched the guy in the face. Yeah, and listen, at the end of the day, they didn't go into the stands. They just kind of shoved the guy in the first row of the stands. Some may say it was a brotherly 
Ah, ha, ha, ha. You know, back to the brotherly shove play. Or maybe a tush push. So onside, <laughs> offside. That just sounds a little bit wrong. <laughs> I didn't see anyone slapping anyone on the ass. I just saw there was a little shove right in the chest area. You were looking in the wrong places. <laughs> onside, offside. Lawson should be suspended multiple games if it is proven that what we did see is a shove. <sighs> you want to say one game, I'm okay with that. Multiple games, even though it's a bad viral video and it's not a good look. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Sometimes players just have to take it and you just have to move on. And you know, you're never going to win when you're fighting with the fans. I'm going to go offside though. When you say Lawson should be suspended multiple games. I'm not there on that one. One at most, uh, depending this review. Offside. Now in their first game since firing OC Matt Canada, the Steelers offense broke out for over 420 yards of total offense dominating time of possessions with 37 minutes and doubling up the Bengals in first downs, 22 to 10. But they managed just 16 points. Right. <laughs> Onside, offside. You still have very little faith in the Steelers' offense. The Steelers have a phenomenal defense. The Steelers... That doesn't have... answer the question. Uh, you, have, you have no faith in their offense. Well, they have a good defense. The, the Ste- well, I'm making the point here. <laughs> the Steelers and the Browns are the same team. Phenomenal defense... But the offense in the year of 2023 stinks. So they probably should make the playoffs. They're seven and four. I got to think they're going to find a way to win three more games to play the Cardinals, the Patriots, the Colts, the Bengals, and they wrap up the season with two tough games, the Seahawks and the Ravens. But I still have uh, very little faith in the offense. I have more faith than I did with with Matt Canada being there because that was just a lost cause. Uh, I have faith in their defense, though to maybe get them to the playoffs and get three more wins. I have, or four more wins. I have no faith in this uh, offense whatsoever. So, yeah, I still have uh, very little faith in the Steelers' offense on sides. Now, we were talking about AM before. Reports initially said that AM was hiring Mark Stoops away from Kentucky. He declared that he was staying after fans revolted. And the Aggies had to go to plan B and hire Mike Elko away from Duke. Now, Elko did take over a three-win Duke team, and in just two years... Won 16 games, went from three wins to nine wins in two bowl games in just two seasons in Durham. So onside, offside, Mike Elko will be able to turn AM into perennial SEC contender with the amount of money that program has behind them. Offside, because nothing will ever be good enough for these dopey AM fans that I understand why you maybe want Mike Elko. I'm a Mike Elko fan, as I said earlier. But the idea that Mark Stoops would have been this egregious hire, a guy that's had two 10-win seasons at Kentucky, shows you how dumb and delusional UANM fans are. So nothing will ever be good enough. Elko will be fine, but he'll never win enough games for those AM fans. So a perennial SEC contender, yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Offside. Offside. Indiana fired its coach Tom Allen after seven seasons, and after the move, the Athletics' Bruce Feldman reported that John Gruden could be a surprise candidate for the job, though that report has been challenged by many. Onside, offside, Gruden should coach college before trying a return to the NFL. Absolutely onside. He will never be an NFL head coach again. And his brother Jay said that when he was on with us a few weeks ago, you never could expect him to be an offensive coordinator again in the NFL. You have a lawsuit going on, litigious situation with the NFL. Um, I don't think he's making a return to the National Football League. If he wants to be a head coach again, it would be in college. And that hire would have some juice. I'm okay with that. I would say on side, John Gruden going to college. All right, and the last one, Draymond Green spoke to the media for the first time since being suspended for choking Rudy Gobert. 
But he also went on to play on, play the victim, and call out the NBA for unfair treatment. To continue mentioning, like, oh, well, what he did in the past, I've paid for those. You know, like, I got suspended in game five of the finals. So you can't keep suspending me for those actions. <laughs> like, they made it clear that they're going to hold everything against me that I've done before. So onside, offside, it is fair for the NBA to consider past behavior when deciding on punishment. Yeah, because you have a track record. You have a reputation, so there's a heightened awareness to what you do, and you playing the victim card is laughable because you made a situation escalate to a point that it didn't need to. And the Warriors continue to be very much afraid of Draymond and don't hold him accountable, and they enabled his behavior, and I hope it catches up to them. And I hope they don't win again. I used to love the Warriors, but Draymond's become so insufferable and he always plays the victim card. So, yeah, it is fair for the NBA to consider his past behavior because he needs to change and needs to stop doing what he's currently doing. Greg McElroy next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.